Did you know that studies have shown affirmations can profoundly influence your psychological well-being, enhancing self-confidence and reducing anxiety? Here at Positive Birth Australia, we have crafted a 20-minute birth affirmations track filled with soulful, carefully curated affirmations to empower, inspire, and guide you to deeply remember the power you hold within. And to my fellow belly birth mothers, we have created a track specifically for you to honor that all birth is a sacred moment of profound significance. For only $5, you can download and immerse yourself in our affirmations track to transform your mindset in the lead up to birth and during labor, serving as a potent reminder of the inherent power and love you possess. Visit us at www.positivebirthaustralia.com or head to the show notes and follow the link provided to start your journey toward a more empowered birth experience. Welcome to Positive Birth Australia, a podcast created to empower and educate mothers along their own pregnancy journey. Each week, I'll be sharing insightful and inspiring birth stories and advice in the hopes to help you create your own positive birth experience. I'm your host, Sky Marie. Let's get into today's show. Welcome back, guys. Today's episode features the beautiful Lyndall talking about her two hospital births. Her first birth she describes as calm but full of interventions. She really wanted a different outcome with her second and last child, so she hired the support of a doula and completed a hypnobirthing class. Lyndall also briefly touches on her postnatal depression diagnosis after her first daughter. Enjoy this episode, guys. Hi, Lyndall. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for having me. Do you want to just quickly tell us a little bit about yourself, like where you live and who's in your family? Yeah, sure. So um, my name's Lyndall. I live in Brisbane in Queensland. Mm -hmm. Um, I live with my husband, Alex, and our two beautiful daughters. Um, Elise has just turned four years old and she's just a beautiful, kind, thoughtful girl. Um, And we have Nora, who's eight months old. Oh, so little. Did you plan your pregnancies with the girls? Yes, we did. Yeah. Um, with Elise, we we had been talking, I suppose, since before we got married, obviously, to, to try and sort of make sure we were on the same page about children. Um, but we'd sort of been dragging our feet a little bit. I think we enjoyed our independence. Um, so Elise was a bit of a, a bit of a spontaneous um, kind of decision, I suppose, that we'd been leading up to it and we just thought we'd just um, rip the Band-Aid off, so to speak. Um, so we were out for dinner. Uh, for I think it was our anniversary or it might have been my birthday um, and we just probably had a bit of red wine and we thought we'll just we'll just do it and um, she was conceived very quickly um, so that was sort of a little bit um, yeah a little bit it happened it felt like it happened quite quickly mm, that's really quickly how old were you when you fell pregnant with her I think I was about 30 or 31 oh yeah 30 nice I think age. yeah yeah, yeah. And did you have any problems with your pregnancy with her or was it a nice, smooth pregnancy? No, it was a nice, smooth pregnancy, really. Um, I actually found out that I was pregnant in Japan. We were in um, Japan just oh, having a nice wow. holiday um, and found out over there, which was, uh, in hindsight, I thought that I would be very chilled about that, but being in a different country um, and, and sort of having all those hormones 
kind of made it a little bit of a scary situation yeah, in a way. Um, yeah, so it just sort of, um, yeah, I guess it was, I just uh, all of a sudden felt very homesick um, and I ended up having to visit um, a Japanese hospital actually because I was having some pain so I had to go there to get a scan which was an interesting experience. So Elisa's first photo is um, printed on wow. like a little, little pol- Polaroid with um, Japanese on it so that was pretty cool. Um yeah, but the pregnancy was quite easy. I didn't really have any morning sickness except for when I was in Japan. I had some sort of um, nausea, but I quickly discovered when I got home it was probably just related to foreign foods. Like yeah. when I, got home, I had no problems at all. Um, so I was very lucky in that respect. Um, and I guess the, the biggest problem I had during the pregnancy was some pelvic pain. So I was sort of waddling from very early on. Um, and yeah, it was, was in quite a bit of pain um, mm-hmm. throughout most of the pregnancy, but it, it resolved pretty quickly afterwards. Mm. And what was your birth like with her? So I went quite overdue with Elise. Um, I was about 11 days, I was scheduled for an induction 11 days overdue. Okay. Um, so it was the Wednesday, and I went into the obstetrician that day um, and had sort of decided that I really didn't want the induction. So we had a discussion about that and we agreed to postpone it to the 42, just after the 42-week mark. Nice. Um, so he did give me a stretch and sweep though and that actually worked. So I did actually go into labour basically from the time he did it really. Um, I sort wow. of started and it never really stopped. Um and, yeah, and so I ended up having her on the day that I was meant to be induced, which was lovely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and how did you feel after that birth? It was very different to what I had, I guess, hoped for. Um, I had kind of gone in, I think most most women probably do go in hoping for, a, you know, as, as um, the least amount of drugs as possible and natural mm. birth kind of and had you done any prep before that birth, like read any books or classes or were you just kind of going with the flow? Um, a little bit of both. I had, I'd read um, a book called Birth Skills by Juju Sundan, I okay. believe. Okay, haven't heard um, that one. So it's, yeah, so it's written by a physiotherapist um, oh, and cool. I, I come from a, I'm, I'm an ex-health professional, so I um, kind of that really appealed to me and it yeah. sort, of, sort of takes you through all of these sort of um really what they are, I think, is distraction um, techniques for pain. Mm-hmm. So I'd read that, practised all of that, had a bit of a plan um, plan based on that book. Mm-hmm. But I guess I had, you know, everybody always sort of tells you as a new first-time mother, you know, well, you can't have a birth plan, you know, it, you can't. Mm-hmm. Just... Yeah. So I think I internalised that as um, you, you, I won't be able to control um, my response to pain and, I, and I'll sort of reach it certain threshold and just won't you know it, it'll just be up to the gods as to mm. whether I cope with it kind of thing which I realize in hindsight may not have been quite correct so that yeah. that may not have been what people meant as well when they were telling me that so mm-hmm. um so I did end up uh it was it was a long labor it was 17 hours all up mm-hmm. um I did end up getting uh I had gas um about five minutes it feels like after I said yes to the gas I had pethidine and then an epidural um, shortly after that. So it was sort of very quick um, mm-hmm. cascade of all the drugs possible, um, <laughs> which actually made for quite a, a calm birth in a way. It was um, 
yeah, it, it, that wasn't necessarily negative, but I suppose it wasn't what I had hoped for. Yeah. And um, when it came to uh, delivery, you know, I did have some complications. Once I had the epidural, they had to give me um, the syntocin um, yeah. to, to speed things up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had quite a long pushing stage and the baby's heart rate was dropping. Um, so they ended up recommending that I have um, a vacuum mm. delivery. So we had that and then because I'd had a slightly elevated temperature during labour, um, they then sort of talked about antibiotics for both me and Delete, okay. um, which I've since learnt that, you know, you can actually have a temperature from having an epidural. Yes, so absolutely. The conundrum, I think, for medical staff then is like, well, is it, is it due to infection or is it due to the epidural? And they, they just don't know. So we both ended up having antibiotics. Mm. Elise was in special care nursery for two nights. Um, oh, so, yeah, okay. it was a little bit complicated, but um, yeah. but I felt like I was cared for really well and I felt like all the decisions okay. that were made were my decisions. Um mm. So I was quite at peace with it all. Yeah, okay. Well, as long as you're at peace with it, that's all that really matters, isn't it? Yeah. Did you plan your second pregnancy? Yes, we planned Nora. Um, we actually had, I actually had a miscarriage um, <gasps> oh, between Elise and Nora. Oh, that's okay. Thank you. Um, yeah, which also, I have a habit of being pregnant overseas. Um, <sighs> that, happened, that happened while we were in Scotland um, oh, wow. visiting my sister for Christmas. So it's a little bit of a... Uh, tricky time for that to happen just even from a practicalities point of view because yeah. I had to um, access you know scans and whatnot over the Christmas New Year period oh um, my gosh yeah so uh so yeah so we we had tried for a little while but it, it wasn't um certainly I would I would say it was, it was again quite easy for us to um conceive Nora and how was your pregnancy with her? Um, it was it was really enjoyable. I, I like being pregnant. Um, yeah, there's something really special about it. So yeah. I did have morning sickness with her. I did have reflux, um, and I also had uh, I had some swelling and some varicose veins in places you really don't want to have them. Oh no! Which was probably the worst part about the pregnancy. I found that from very early on. I couldn't really stand for long periods or any period of time really um, without quite yeah. discomfort. So she was probably a little bit more challenging in terms of um, all of the things that I had to kind of cope with. But again, you know, yeah, that's worse. So um, yeah, wasn't too bad at all. Yeah. And did you do anything differently this time around? Yeah, I did it completely differently. So um, from the time that I was pregnant with. With it, the second pregnancy, which miscarried, um, I had I had pretty much just had my mind set on as much as I could control, knowing that you know mm-hmm. a lot of people don't get the opportunity to have a natural vaginal birth. I that was what I was striving for. Yeah. Um, so I had started like doing some reading and listening to some podcasts and um, just thinking about reflecting on the experience with Elise and what yeah. uh, might might have been able to be done differently. So I was spending quite a bit of time um, preparing for Nora's birth. Yeah, nice. Uh, so just uh, lots of reading and did you do any classes or? I did, yeah. So uh, so I read a really 
a really pivotal book um, early, early on, which I was glad to read early on. It was um, uh, Birth with Confidence by Leah Dempsey. Love that book. So good. Yeah. Um, just a lot of what I was reading was just like, yes, that's what happens with Elise. Um, mm, and she yeah. particularly spoke about um, crises, crises of confidence. Yes, yeah. Um, which was just to a T what happened to me mm-hmm. um, the first time around and, you know, her emphasis was on having a support network around you mm-hmm. to pre- basically prepare for, for that to happen. Um, so that sort of led me down the path of looking at uh, doula services mm-hmm. um, and I found my lovely doula. Um, I'll give her a shout-out, Moran from To Life Doula. She's um, the best, isn't she? <laughs> yes, yes, we share her, don't we? Um yeah, so so she she sort of I met with her quite early on, and then she was talking to me about hypnobirthing and recommended that I go to a class. So it sort of all happened from yeah, there. Yeah. And how far along were you when Nora decided to enter the world? So Nora actually came um, the day after her due date. I oh, went into wow. labour due date, which is apparently quite unusual. My obstetrician had sort of been saying to me the whole way through, you know, you went. So overdue with Elise, you will you will absolutely go overdue with, with this one. He said it's sort of, um, you know, women that go early the first time, it's sort of a mixed bag as to what they do the second time around. But apparently yeah. if you go late the first time, you're, you're pretty much always going to go late. Oh, okay. The second time. I haven't heard that. Um, yeah, but I had I had a beautiful um, day actually the day that, she, that, that I went into labour. Mm-hmm. Um, I had... I was on maternity leave, so I dropped Elise off at daycare and I'd gone to visit a friend who had a six-week-old baby. So I had a nice Aww. little bit of dose of oxytocin yeah. from the baby bottles. <laughs> and then Elise's daycare had rung me and said that she was unwell. So I had gone straight from my friend's house to daycare and I'd gotten there and she was just asleep. And I sort of sat there in the room and just stroked her hair um, and then took her home and we had just... We just had a lovely afternoon. She perked up quite a bit when we got home, funnily enough. Um, and we just spent the afternoon on the couch and just had a really, we just hadn't, hadn't done that for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. I just have this feeling that, yeah, that she, all that sort of mothering that I had to do on that day just yeah. um, set it into motion. And I think also being really calm this time around, like I was just not at all stressed about the birth, which I had been with Elise. I'd I'd been really anxious prior Mm. to. Which is kind of impossible to avoid first time around, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, how do you how do you tell yourself to stop exactly being anxious? But so I think the combination of things just meant that she just came when she was supposed to. Yeah, like they should. Do you want to take us to the first sign of labour with her? Yeah, sure. So um, I had just put Elise to bed and I was sitting on the couch, um, I think just reading a book, and I'd started to feel what seemed like, um, you know, just sort of period pain, which was similar to what I'd had with Elise, but just a lot less intense because with Elise it sort of came on quite intense, quite quick. Um, and, but, yeah, so it was quite, it wasn't wasn't really anything really to, to notice but I did have my TENS machine that I'd hired that had arrived in the post a few days before and it was enough to make me think oh I better read the instruction manual for that TENS yeah, machine okay. so, I, um, so I got that out and started reading that and um, and yeah and the, the 
little cramps, I suppose, started coming um, not that frequently, but but quite regularly. So they were probably every half an hour or so. Yeah, okay. Um, and for some reason, I just thought I didn't. I guess I was just so calm about it. I just didn't really think think anything of it. So off I went to bed, and I did have one strange thought in that I was um, I was due to wash my hair, and I for some reason, despite the fact that you get all sweaty in labour, I really wanted to have clean hair. Mm into the hospital and I sort of thought to myself oh should I you know should I wash my hair tonight just in case um but I didn't so I went to bed um and they just they just kept coming all night and, and it was strange because I was just sleeping and I'd sort of wake up and have a bit of a pain and go back to sleep and I really just didn't believe it was it was anything it sort of probably only started to get um a little bit more painful around midnight I'd say so it sort of kicked off around 7 30 ish and yeah around midnight I did did get up and weirdly decided to have a shower and wash my hair <laughs> um, but I think I also wanted to test it out because I had heard that warm water could um you know Slow. if you got in water and it wasn't real labor it yeah. could just kind of stop so I thought oh, I'll just have a shower and just see and it did actually stop um in the shower so I went back to bed and then got up a few more times and, and sometime in the early morning it started to, um, I guess, not go away when I got up and walked around. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think I kept going all night until about, about 4 o'clock in the morning when I um, said to my husband, uh, I think you need to time um, the contractions because I've, I've been doing it myself up until that point and I realised that I probably couldn't keep doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hadn't even thought to uh, call my doula. She'd actually said to me, you know, ring me as soon as you think it's happening and I just had not, I, I did not believe that I was in labour so I hadn't actually even called her at this point. Wow. Um, and in the space of a half an hour between 4 o'clock and 4.30, it went from sort of quite mild um, pains every 15 minutes or so to every two minutes, every one and a half minutes. Wow. Quite so um, my poor doula, <laughs> she got a message at I think 20 past four from my husband saying, oh, Linda's in labour and then like at 4.30, you need to come now. We're like needing to go to the hospital kind oh of thing. Oh, my so, gosh, that's so funny. I feel terrible about that. But I was just so <laughs> Um, yeah, just so calm that I didn't um, really register that it was kind of happening um, until until it was happening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sure Moran's used to that. <laughs> yes, I, yeah, I, yeah. I would imagine. So. <laughs> so, what was the plan then? Did you have a birth plan in place? I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So my plan was to labour at home as long as possible. Yeah, and really, um, I guess that was the great thing about. Moran, the jeweler, in, in that she'd sort of said to me, like, you'll know when you need to go to hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I certainly did. So mm-hmm. around that 4.30 mark, 5 o'clock in the morning, um, I just started saying I really need to go. And I had lost my mucus plug at that point um, and we'd rung the hospital and the hospital had kind of agreed because they'd kind of heard me um, over the, the speakerphone um, in a mid-contraction. Mm-hmm. Um, they sort of said, yeah, she sounds like she needs to come in. So we, I was actually, we were waiting for Moran to, to arrive um, and I was sort of saying, I think I need to go without her. But thankfully she arrived just 
just on time, just as I was sort of saying that. Um, so she didn't even get to come in our house. She just, we met her at the front front door and we said, get in the car, we're, we're going. Mm. Um, so it was really helpful to have her in the in the car because um, it was about a half an hour drive from, from our house to the hospital. Oh, gosh. What was that like, the drive? Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the best um, because when I was at home, the only way I could cope with it was sort of leaning over the bed and having Alex squeeze my hips, which was something that um, Moran had kind of suggested to us earlier on. Mm-hmm. So that was working quite well. But, of course, um, in the car I had to sit um, and didn't really have that option. Mm. So I did start to get a little bit, I think I remember saying um, that I was a bit scared in the car and I'm not really sure what that was about. I think maybe I, I was actually scared that I wouldn't get to the hospital. Um, but oh, okay. Yeah, I, just had, I think I had this feeling that it was just happening too very fast. Yeah. yeah, okay, got you. Yeah. And, I mean, that can happen, second baby, yeah. definitely can happen. <laughs> So you guys got to the hospital and what was what was the um, reception like? Did you just go straight into a birthing suite or? Yeah, when I got there, I think it was pretty clear to everyone um, involved that I you were an active definitely um, yeah, yeah. going pretty quick, and I sort of contracted several times on the way in, um, and I think I scared some poor people in the in the <laughs> that were apparently booking in um, arriving for their scheduled C section, and there I was dragging chairs across the foyer because I was just um, holding on so tight. Um, Yeah, so I was ushered straight in um, and I had sort of a group of nurses around saying, do you want gas, do you want, you know, offering me sort of um, medication and and Moran and Alex were just sort of sending them off a bit Um, Mm -hmm. and apparently once they kind of realised that I was going in for the all-natural, they sort of called a bunch of other nurses over to come and... um, see the spectacle I suppose I don't, I don't know um, oh really yeah 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 um yeah so I think they kind of got quite excited and just were kind wow. of like oh this is happening um, isn't that sad it's like, kind of sad that yeah, that's like yeah. oh come watch a natural yeah. birth yeah it was it was a little bit yeah surprising um yeah Right. Yeah. So you did things escalate really quickly after that or did you find that the drive hindered it at all? Because I know that that can happen sometimes. Yeah, no, I think I was past that point. Um, wow. So when I arrived, they they checked me um, and sort of immediately left the room and I was sort of saying, what was I? Did anyone hear what I was? And no, we hadn't been told. And I think that was because I was nine centimetres at the time and they just decided they needed to run and get the doctor. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they came back in and told me and um, and then, yeah, I I had her within within an hour of arriving at the hospital. So, no, it certainly, did, certainly didn't slow down. Yeah, right. And could you feel her coming down? Like what was your mindset at that time? Yeah, so I think I kind of knew that it was it was going to happen quite really soon. soon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I really didn't know what was going on. Um, and I suppose because you had the epidural the first time, you wouldn't have been familiar with the sensations? No, no, I didn't. Um, so that would have been a cool experience. Yeah, and my waters hadn't broken, so oh, I didn't okay. feel um, like I didn't feel like I was going to push, but I certainly felt like it was very intense. Um, so at that point, um, Moran sort of said to me, you know, let's, let's try and break your waters naturally. Um, so 
with all of her skill and expertise, which was amazing. She got me in all these positions, which, you know, were, were absolutely going to do the job. You know, you could, I could actually feel, um, wow. feel the pressure when I was getting these positions. Wow. Um, and I, I think she had a bit of a fight on her hands because I kept sort of saying that I didn't want to be in them because it was just so intense. Um, but at the same time, I obviously did want my water to be, um, to, to, to be gone so I could yeah. actually move on. And um, did it? Well, in the end, after trying that for, for a little while, um, I sort of said, oh, can we just can we just break them? Um, and, yeah, um, obstetrician was there, so I flipped over and got them broken and, oh, it was just sweet relief then. Was um, it? Yeah. It was only then that I really was like, okay, I'm ready to um, – ready to have the baby. I, I, did, I then just felt the urge to push um, and, yeah, and it was just pure relief. It was just wonderful. Yeah. Um, yeah, at that point. So it was, uh, it was I, th- I think it was the right decision for me in the end to, to, to just get that get that happening because I was yeah. starting to really, um, really become uncomfortable at that mm. point. And was it a cool sensation for you to be feeling that urge to push, seeing as you missed out on that first time around? Um, yeah, it was sort of, it wasn't actually what I expected. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I sort of, I don't know. I, I was certainly feeling an urge to push, but at the same time it didn't really feel like, um, I think I felt like it was actually, you know, it should have felt like it was actually coming. I was sort of feeling the urge to push, but I, but it didn't really feel like anything was actually happening, if that makes sense. Really? Every time I did. Um, and I guess in hindsight, you know, uh, it got to the point where I was apparently starting to tear. Um, okay. And the obstetrician who, you know, I, I trusted um, quite a lot said to me, look, you look like you're going to tear down your previous um, scar mm-hmm. and I probably would recommend just a one-centimetre episiotomy at that stage. Mm-hmm. So I had that um, and, and, again, shortly after that she was born. So. Wow. Yeah. Again, I just feel like all of the, the decisions were mine and and yeah. and were decisions in the moment. Yeah. yeah right. You know, the scary um, ring of fire that everybody talks about really was not not that for me. It just felt like a stretch, like quite a tight stretch. Um, yeah. So, do you get any pain relief when he does the episiotomy? I don't know the answer to that. I don't think so because I think at that stage you are on so much stretch that. The nerves are already a yeah, bit, you know, um, okay. ineffective. They're not really doing their job anyway. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's probably what happened. Yeah. yeah. But when he stitches that up afterwards, you would get pain relief, right? No, no, you definitely get pain relief for that because that was what I was a bit worried about because I had needed, um, I'd actually needed with Elisa's birth, uh, I actually had a retained placenta. Mm-hmm. So they actually what does had that to. Mean? Sorry. Well, that means that part of my placenta had stayed inside um, when it when oh. it was delivered, came apart, um, and yeah, and so the obstetrician had actually needed to go up and and re- manually retrieve oh. it, wow. release his birth, and stitch me up. And I thought, if I have to do that with no drugs, yeah. So I had asked that question beforehand, um, and yeah, no, they give you a little little injection of some local anaesthetic mm-hmm. um which again you know you, you don't really i think there's a little sting but yeah after that you don't really yeah. mind yeah exactly uh, yeah and then there was just 
I didn't really feel any of the stitching. I was actually just fixated on this feeling of um, I just felt like I had I had something else to deliver. Like I felt like I, even after the placenta had come out, I felt a lot of pressure down there and I kept saying to them, there's so much pressure, there's, so, there's something in there. And as it turns out, my cervix had, and I don't know if this happens, all, it probably happens all the time, but my cervix had sort of dropped so low that it was actually my cervix that I was feeling and, and it sort of just, retracted back up over the the coming hours and your recovery for after that birth did you find it was a different recovery or it was pretty similar to your first birth no it was very different um that was actually another thing that surprised me because you always hear that recovery after um like a natural birth is is a lot easier you you spring back a lot more because you haven't you know you can get out of bed straight away and whatnot Um, but I actually found I was so exhausted. Um, the least birth, I was really well rested. Um, right, so, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So I actually really had a bad case of the shakes for hours afterwards. And even she was born uh, early in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and even that afternoon, I was um, I was just a mess. I couldn't even get out to go to the toilet. I was so tired. Wow. Um, but you know I wouldn't have changed it for anything it was um Mm. it was still yes still a wonderful experience yeah and is that you guys done now with babies no yeah sadly yeah yeah I know it is sad isn't it actually um but it's the right decision um you know it's just how do you ever get over baby fever which I've still got with with Nora she's just um yeah I'm just loving loving it yeah that's awesome and I suppose second time around as well I found that I have enjoyed it on a different level because I don't have all of those first time mum anxieties that we all get yeah I actually um when Elise was about four months old I was uh diagnosed with postnatal depression um so yeah it was quite I mean it was probably quite mild in comparison to what other people experience and it it manifested again as anxiety. Um, okay. And had you picked up on that or did someone else? Um, I think I picked up on it but not uh, not sort of put it all together. So I, okay. I certainly knew um, that I was quite anxious um, about a lot of things but there were a couple of symptoms that I didn't uh, recognise and one was anger. So I, I was okay. um, really struggling with yeah feeling quite angry at like at like my husband and um just for, for things that you know I wouldn't normally um feel so annoyed about um okay so anger is one of the symptoms it is it's a really common symptom apparently um and we had quite a, a stressful life situation going on at the moment my husband's job was giving him a lot of trouble and um and so he was quite stressed and then you know in turn I was quite stressed and we couldn't really support each other yeah. the way would have normally been able to so there was a lot of sort of that sort of stuff going on in the background um mm. and yeah I ended up um going on medication so I was on um a mild dose of antidepressants for probably about a year afterwards um and seeing a psychologist and so that was a little bit of a concern for me um with Nora thinking yeah. well no um Thankfully, the life stresses, you know, have long settled down and, and yeah. 
we didn't have any of those issues this time around and um yeah i've had no troubles at all so that's awesome um, yeah so it's nice to know that it doesn't have to be that way every every time every time yeah definitely and no i when i say i had a fairly mild case of it with elisa you know you hear about mums struggling to bond with their babies and that kind of thing i didn't have any of that trouble um yeah. Yeah. It feels like sort of the first four months of her life were actually really enjoyable and I had that that sort of normal, for want of a better word, mm-hmm. experience and then it sort of kicked in at four months. So um, I feel quite lucky to have established that bonding before yeah. I started to um, suffer a little bit. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that because I'm sure there's lots of women out there that wouldn't actually understand what postnatal depression is and the different symptoms that would make up that diagnosis. Yeah, and I, I certainly, like, I didn't feel sad. Um, yeah, okay. So, you know, yeah, it, it is called it is called postnatal depression, but anxiety is one manifestation of that. So I didn't have any of the sort of normal feeling sad or um, miserable. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I just felt highly strung, Um so in a way, that made it a little bit hard to identify. Mm. Um, but I actually feel really lucky in a way to have had that experience because, yeah. as I said, I think I've always had um, the tendency to be anxious. Mm-hmm. And in that period of my life, I, I really had to um, you know, work quite hard to come up with strategies to minimise that and to deal with that. And so yeah. I really feel like I've learned a lot from um, that experience away from, from that experience tools um, to help you cope absolutely and I yeah. use them you know with or without um having yeah. just birth yeah I use them all the time now um so I feel like yeah I'm a different different mother to what I was not necessarily better but yeah 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 how was Elise with the transition oh uh, I think I think every child's going to feel a little bit oh do my mum and dad still love me? You know, like they. Yeah, I know. Isn't it horrible? Um, it is horrible. Um, you feel so bad. Have to keep reminding yourself. I think of the the positives that you bring into their life as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, there's so true. There's one thing I learnt with Elise and with that whole episode of being, um, uh, you know, unwell afterwards. The one thing I learnt is that, and the one thing my psychologist really taught me, which I hadn't understood before, is that you can't have these amazing joyous experiences without the hard stuff mm-hmm. um, and, and you can't just say that an experience is just all hard because it's not there's there's always joy and so I think with that's kind of something that I try to remember with the sibling stuff is that you know yes it's hard and we've turned your life upside down but isn't it also wonderful giving you a you, great gift yeah. yeah yeah so um and I think it, it has been easy for us at least it's a uh, a very mothering um, child. She's, oh, beautiful. She's, you know, even at even at daycare, um, and now at kindy, she is always looking after the younger children when they bring them into the room <laughs> for them. And so she's always been very um, strong in that in that role. So she's yeah. just real taken to this role of big sister. Um, and so we definitely had in the first probably month a lot of testing behaviour. Um, mm. So when I was feeding, she'd be running around getting up to trouble, um, I think, to try and make sure that I was still paying her attention. But 
it settled down. Yeah, that's awesome. We all go through it though. It's such a hard balance trying to figure out how much attention your child needs while you're caring for a newborn. I mean, it's not easy for us, so you can imagine how hard it is for them. Yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I did have a lot of guilt in the beginning um, about, oh, you know, poor thing, she has to just yeah. hang about while I'm feeding. My husband said to me, well, you know what, that's life. Like, Nora's a baby and she needs you. And so I actually, I use my hypnobirthing skills because, you know, in, in, for those who haven't done hypnobirthing, there's a whole part around affirmations and writing affirmations. And so when I was preparing for Nora's birth, I had all these post-it notes up over the house. And so I actually did the same thing um, after I had Nora. And one of the things was, um, one of the things I wrote was, something along the lines of Nora is a baby and it's okay that she needs you and so oh, that really awesome. helps now, you know when I start to feel oh poor Elise you know I think it's okay Nora needs me and that's just you know that's just part of life um and I think it helped as well because I think Elise was starting to um starting to pick up on my guilt and she was starting to say to me things like oh but you haven't yeah you haven't paid me any attention like isn't it horrible you haven't paid me any attention because I would Say to her, oh, you know, I haven't, I know I haven't paid you any attention. But oh, then once bless. I was able to reframe it, she was able to reframe it. Yeah. So that was really cool. Yeah. Oh, our language is so important. The way we speak around our babies, they're like little sponges, aren't they? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, for sure. So do you feel like having a doula and doing the hypnobirthing second time around helped you achieve mm-hmm. the birth you desired? Mm-hmm. Certainly, I think that um, the hypnobirthing was amazing. I was a bit of a skeptic uh, going in. Yeah. Um, but was, you know, willing to give it a crack. And I really think it it works on a whole other level that we don't really understand. Yeah. And it's not what people think it is either. It's not going into a trance. Um, or yeah. for me it wasn't. Um, it was more just about uh, having a positive mindset yeah. um, and, and learning, you know, learning how to stay calm, um, which for me particularly was a really uh, useful skill. So doing that and certainly having Moran there, even though she was only in the end invited to the last hour of, yeah. <laughs> of my labour, um, she, yeah, she was just knowing that she was there yeah, and having her in the car and having her reassure me because, you know, um, my husband could reassure me, but I guess. They just don't know, you know as much, do they? <laughs> He doesn't have any sort of um, experience, you know. He's not a credible kind of, I guess, (laughs) credible witness. But, um, yeah, so having her reassure me and knowing it came from a place of experience. Yeah. And some of those um, tips around uh, positioning and, um, you know, pain relief, like the hip squeezes and stuff like that was just, that was what got me through. Yeah. Yeah, I remember those. They're awesome. So do you have any advice for any expectant mums out there? Yeah, I think so. I mean, again, I was quite lucky in that a second labour is often a bit easier because it's a bit shorter. Yeah, yeah. Um, Not always, though. I mean, not always. Not always. (laughs) That's right. Um, But I think that the biggest thing that that people, uh, you know, should know is that um, I've heard it called the winging it birth plan, which is kind of like, what I think I went in with the first time, which is, oh, I want a natural birth, but, you know, I'm not sure. I don't, yeah. I've never experienced it. I don't really know. And, you know, whatever is best 
at the time, you know, I'll go with. Yeah. That that's probably a good attitude in some ways, but I feel like a lot of the time if you go in with that kind of a plan and your labor is not extremely short, you know, if it's just sort yeah. of a, a normal length of labor, you probably will end up um, yielding to drugs, particularly if you go into hospital. Yes, so early, true. I did, and which most first time mothers probably do. Um, so I think the best thing that uh, people can know is that, you know, if you want to have a natural birth, set that intention, be confident that you, you know, you don't have some sort of pain threshold that you'll reach all of a sudden and just won't cope. You, you actually have, um, you know, do a bit of research into the growth mindset yeah. um, and, and you prepare for those crises of confidence, which yeah. may or may not happen, um, but when they do, it's really good to have a plan in place so that, you know, if that is your intention to avoid mm. um, drugs or, or other certain interventions, then uh, you've got a plan in place to do in the in the moment. You, you need people to remind you to stay true to your values, I think. Yeah, I agree. That's awesome advice. Thank you so much, Lyndall, for coming on today and sharing your birth stories with us. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. I love, love talking about birth now. <laughs> it's the best, isn't it? That brings us to the end of today's episode. Lyndall's story for me highlights the importance of feeling heard during your birthing experience and how regardless of the type or amount of interventions you have, as long as you feel in control of the decisions and supported, you can and will avoid birth trauma. If you think you may be suffering from postnatal depression, please don't wait. There is so much love and support out there for you. I will link a helpline in the show notes. I hope you guys enjoyed today's show and I'll see you next week for another episode of Positive Birth Australia. Thank you.